making you feel good all day long. This is Super Yacht Radio. And welcome to Super Yacht Radio. We have the pleasure of having, I want to say actually now an old friend of the stations. Um, (laughs) And we haven't caught up with you in a long time, but Christelle... Let Let me put it this way. When I think champagne... I think Christelle. <laughs> Christelle <laughs> called Corny. Oh, come on, that was good. Corny joke to start the introduction. Oh, <laughs> that's a nice way to start the day. <laughs> Thank you, Christelle. Did you, did you appreciate that? Have you? Have you? Ever, I do. Have you? Have you ever been announced that way before? Has somebody ever gone? When I think it's, champagne. It's only with you. <laughs> Thank you, Christelle. And I haven't even yet finished my introduction. Uh, Christelle. Oh, yeah, Palmer, sorry. Go on to Coach. Who many people know from um, Tahiti Private Expeditions. And uh, as it turns out, from our last chat with you, we got so many people going, oh, they met you, they knew you from the last time they traveled through yeah. Tahiti. Apparently so. some of them you owe money to, one of them <laughs> left to... Um, <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Hello to the two of you. It's great to be on air again with you. Thank you for taking the time. Christelle, first thing i got to ask you, how are you? How, how, uh, I'm good. Yeah? But you, I'm good, thank you. You, you guys have and had you. a hard lockdown there. I mean, there's been lockdown in Europe yes. and in America and all around the world. We've all gone through the same thing. But, uh, you know, people have been stockpiling pizzas and, and flatters and apple and beer. <laughs> beer and wine. Well, everybody. But I hear in Tahiti, you took a different approach. You would have yes, the approach was slightly different. Who, who, spo- <laughs> who sponsored the lockdown? Herbal Life or something? I, mean, it just, I, don't, I don't know. They, they wouldn't say. The government wouldn't say. But um, basically, our lockdown was quite similar to what you experienced in um, a lot of areas in Europe. But they added a couple of additional things. They added a curfew at night. Oh, what time was that? Um, yeah. Like, it was initially... Was out after no, nobody was allowed out at night so between uh eight and five in the morning so eight in the evening and five in the morning that's who, pretty and early then the lights who, gets, who gets up yes. at five in the morning <laughs> uh, the, the people a who lot get of people here actually well, the, actually a lot, a lot of people here do the people who get up at five in the morning those are the ones i want locked up <laughs> they're, they're, they're the crazy <laughs> ones <laughs> so you, you had the lockdown the difference because hmm. Well, we were locked down, so there was no point in going out at night anyway. So it was okay. Yeah. And, um, and then the other thing was that uh, all sale of alcohol was completely prohibited throughout the country. So that was the second thing. So similar actually to South Africa as well. South Africa did the same? Yep, South Africa. Oh, they did we, as well. They also did. Um, out of interest... It, What were the reasons given? I mean, I presume it was for protection against potential domestic violence or, but then uh, could you explain kind of culturally maybe why they made that decision? It's it's the first time that anything like this happens, you know. uh, It's the first time we've had a rooster on the show. I was going to say, it's the first time we've had a rooster on the show. The rooster is here as well. That's the addition. (laughs) Um, we um, well first of all indeed it was to uh, prevent domestic violence from increasing Mm -hmm. Um, and the second thing was to prevent people from gathering you know despite the lockdown obviously you could be stopped by the police when you were going out and uh, you had to show 
a document that you had filled in, just like in France, just to justify why you were out. Mm-hmm. But you could just say you were going to the store and actually visiting friends. Or So by preventing people from being able to um, buy alcohol, they thought that it would limit the, uh, the gatherings. Never told of that. And I think actually it worked. I was going to say, it did it was, work? It worked, but uh, it was a bit hard because they made the announcements uh, one evening and the stores were already closed and it was with immediate effect. You mean they, so did, they didn't, we didn't have you... time. <laughs> no. Sorry. I, I, time to say, oh, let, let's run to the store. It, uh, oddly enough, with, with the three guests we've had come up today, in some way, this one thing has come up that and globally, the only thing that really has gone up in sales by, I think, 34% is alcohol. So... Culturally, you know, and, and the other thing was, um, you know, the difference between of uh, post-COVID, people either have gotten very healthy and exercised, or they put on the COVID pounds and they put on weight, and they become something of an alcoholic, or they've done all three. So it <laughs> does, that make, does that make me a triathlete? There you go, I don't know. But it sounds well, in Tahiti that at least actually had, wasn't an option. You say about no, no, but you say about we had a sorry, uh, on, sorry, sorry, no, no, you got no, at least we had a little stock, so uh, we were able to go through the crisis without suffering too much. Well, that's lucky. I'm, I'm we had a, a good friend here who actually, um, is a oh, Ramadan, uh, um gin collector and you know they got married and so he actually started with 60 different types of wonderful gins and the only thing they majorly stocked up on before lockdown or the last day was a tremendous amount of tonic water and so they you know he's like we're down to about 40 but really in the end i'm only going to keep 12 because now i know which are the really good 12 yeah. ones by, by the end of the sentence it was well i might keep half a bottle half a bottle will be good to keep <laughs> well, yeah so now i just collect bottles <laughs> nothing in them just bottles. well you know and then you can put lights inside them and it makes some nice deco around the house exactly. oh god you're one of my girls they all do that here Throw the bottle away. No, it's now a fairy light bottle. Oh, seriously. Um, but before the pandemic hit, you had a hurricane come through as well. Or No, I think it was sort of the two at the same time, it wasn't it? Tell me, Christelle, yeah, well, are there actually, any locusts jumping around or frogs raining from the sky? I mean, no, it's, it's biblical. Everything, everything is like normal here. Everything's like normal. It's been really hot, though. So we've had a really, really hot austral summer. So now we're getting into winter, even though it seems like a joke. It's not winter. It's still really warm, but not as much. Well, when you the say hurricane, hot, what, what uh, is that? Actually, uh, it's about uh, maybe 26, 27 degrees in uh, yeah, and now. And hu- humid but as it well? Was, it was 35 degrees when the lockdown started. So it's much nicer now. Well, 35 is Yes, hard. and it's not as humid as well, so it's better. So we're actually mm-hmm. off the hurricane season. We were not hit by a hurricane, but Vanuatu was, and I think they yeah. were hit pretty uh, seriously. And it, and the pandemic made it complicated to um, you bring, know, aid uh, bring some life. support and being able to aid. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think that's been complicated for them. But it's, a long, it's actually really far from here, even though, I mean, it looks like it's close on the map, but it's quite far. So we've we've been fine, but it's it's been extremely hot. Yes, and I would imagine um, with 
the lack of tourists and traffic extremely quiet, which is not what you're used to at this time of the year, as I presume. No, no, it's been, uh, I think we've been hit, it hit quite hard because just like everybody actually, but because we're in a remote area, it's not like you're going to say, oh, I'm going to move my yacht to Tahiti when you're in, in Palma, for example. You know, it takes, it takes some time. So basically, most of the yachts we were expecting haven't been able to come here yet. Mm-hmm. So for the time being, we're not too sure what's happening. Uh, we're quite optimistic that um, all measures are lifted soon, but we won't know exactly um, before uh, the end of May, I think. So for the time being, when the lockdown started, the country stopped all international flights okay, and all domestic trash. flights either. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, all of French Polynesia has been completely COVID-free, except Tahiti and Moria. So I'm based in Moria. So Tahiti and Moria are really close. So in total, there's been 60 cases, which wow. is really not much. Out Only of one a- person admitted into the hospital, no death. Out of a population, just so we can p- kind of put it in proportion. Out of a population of uh, 280,000 in total. That's a fair few people. For the whole country. Yeah. So, so it's the decisions that the government uh, took were actually really good because it really prevented the, uh, the virus from spreading around the remote islands, especially when where there's no hospital and no you know life support unit or anything like this. Mm-hmm. And this is really what they wanted to avoid, and they've and it's been really good. So uh, now we have to try to rethink how life can start again with all of us having a job again, mm-hmm. because it's we're all working on the future, obviously, and on uh, on things that are going to happen. But for the timing, everything is still at a stop. So as long as international flights will not uh, happen again, it's going to be a bit complicated. But um, this should normally, if all goes well, uh, the last uh, communication we had from the government yesterday was that it would be starting again as of end of June. Okay. Now we don't know under which conditions visitors will be admitted into the country. Um, it sounds similar yes. to the Majorcan situation. You know, we had experts on today. And, you know, it's ideally we've got four phases. We're on the second stage of the phases. Phase By one. the end of June, you know, officially charters can begin as of the 8th of June. And by the end of June, hopefully we will start having you know, full flow international flights, but they don't want to put dates on anything because actually if anything has taught us is nothing is guaranteed when you're dealing with a pandemic. However, from the people we've spoken to lately, um, the Pacific seems like um, a really good option for owners. This is our week for dotting around the Pacific. And we talked this morning with a Captain Guy Fraser, mm. who had gone from Singapore yes. to Malaysia and headed down just as the storm was creeping around and yeah, finally got, got into <laughs> Cairns. He, really, he just got um, in by the skin of oh his boy. teeth. Yeah, by the skin of his teeth before mm. they locked down. Ideally, he is actually wanting to get back to British Columbia to his family. And the boat and the, wants to go to Alaska. And the boat wants to go to Alaska. But as far as he can see right now... Tahiti seems to be the only kind well, of 
sure destination that he can stop on the way up that path to well, in Alaska. Fact, whole, he was saying the whole region there. Yes. The whole region is, is probably going to be more uh, destination ready than the Med or, or the Caribbean or any of the other places. So, you know, it's... Um, yeah, and, and one of the things you, you mentioned as well, um, you know, about getting down to that area, one of the things that, that Guy brought up in the conversation was that by the time they get there, they've effectively done quarantine. So when the boat yes. and the crew arrive in the Tahiti or the Australia or the, the um, Oceania um, region, they've done the quarantine. So it's just down to the owner to be you know, comfortably quarantined or whatever, and uh, but the region's looking pretty good. So there's yes, hope. I think, absolutely. I think the region has been uh, very safe in terms of uh, the spreading of the pandemic, and it's a good thing for all of us. Mm. Um, so I think we, we have managed to control the pandemic uh, really well. Uh, the whole region has done a really good job. Yeah. There's probably several reasons for that. The govern our governments have been, um, you know, whether it's Australian, New Zealand, and or here, uh, they've been extremely reactive. As soon as they saw that there was a problem, you know, and it was really quickly spreading across Europe and America, and starting slowly here, they took really strong measures. So that helped a lot. Yeah. Then I think also we have a pretty low density of population down here and it helps a lot as mm -hmm. well and this is when you can tell people who think that you know Oceania or the South Pacific is really in the middle of nowhere isolation can be really good sometimes <laughs> well, there's isolation there's <laughs> isolation Christelle and there's also the other thing which as, as a European we don't really think of we hear of um, and for, for most of you know, the Western world, if I can use that term, the kind of Americas and Europe and that, um, we're not acutely aware of infectious stuff coming into our country and causing yeah. a problem. You know, we've, we grew up in this kind of uh, this um, false security that, uh, well, we're European, we, you know, this shit doesn't happen to us. But in Australia and New Zealand, if you go down there, when I went there in the 80s, they were spraying people in aeroplanes before you got off. You know, they were disinfecting yeah. you because they were acutely aware that a bug or some spit of fungus or some crap that comes in on your foot could devastate the country. <laughs> and, and so they took great precautions. And I think that mentality probably serves them well in the time when they go, okay, there's a killer bug out there. Shut down the place. Stay at home bring in, you know, draconian measures, but we're locking down. Where I think there was a bit of less that, you know, knee-jerk reaction in Europe. Or um, certain parts of Europe and the rest of the Western world <laughs> not be yeah. political. But, you know, I think at the, at the same time, it's really, it's really hard to make the decision of, you know, putting your country under a lockdown because you know that the economic consequences are going to be really mm. hard on your country. So I can sort of understand why some countries took really strong measures and some didn't. And I mean, everything is discussable, obviously. But in a way, I think it's nice to know that there are some areas in the world because we took measures that our areas are safe again. Yeah. 
And I think this is really the key to, you know, so, and, it, and it, it's been safe. Uh, it, it's been made safe quickly. So we had a lockdown of uh, about five weeks. And uh, within five weeks, everything was more or less, it's not completely finished, obviously. There's still two active cases, but there hasn't sure. been any new case for uh, nearly two weeks. I, I, so, and because there's, there's nobody coming into the country for the time being, we're fine. I would be of a similar mindset of, um, you know, like you, we have family all over the world. I know you have family in France, as do we. And um, in Spain, we had quite a strict lockdown. I felt a certain frustration when Ireland and friends and family in the UK were, they closed the pubs, they closed the schools, they didn't lock down the country like we were being locked down. And I have lots of family in the U.S. where they've taken a very different approach. Um, yes. And um, I, I sort of have this, you know, reassurance of actually, you know, in, in some ways it's making it while we try and plan the next phase, um, having a protocol in place that we can, you know, start to... Um, do, you, do it in stages, I, I think, um, is very reassuring because in some ways, if we've learned anything, most of us have spent quite a period of time. You've had five weeks, we've had eight or nine weeks. Now it's time we're embracing life coming back, but there's a certain caution of let's do it properly so that we can actually continue to progress um, after this yeah. time. Just a, a, a question for you, Christelle. Well, what's your thoughts about how we get back, I, I really hate this term, new normal, because um, nobody told me what it is, they just said it's new. <laughs> um, so it's going to make it up as you go long normal, I think that's what we should call it. But uh, well, how do you see it playing out for somewhere like Tahiti? Because you know, and I say that thinking that in, in Europe, there's been talk of travel restrictions, saying, okay, you're coming from Tahiti. Okay, well, that's got zero incidents you're welcome come yes. on, hop on a plane come on over here oh you're coming from where oh uh no 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 you got loads of so you're not coming in do you see tahiti doing this kind of selectional you know if you're coming from certain countries uh there's less of a problem but if you're coming from other countries really we don't want to expose ourselves here or how do you how do you think at the time being i i think nobody's sure here but um in terms of our industry, um, we've made a proposal. Uh, there's a super yacht cluster here, of which we're a part of, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, we've made a proposal to the government. So it's pending for the time being because they are quite busy with lots of things to deal with. But we have uh, discussed the possibility of letting the yachts arrive again with the crew having done their quarantine during the crossing. Mm -hmm. If the quarantine period is not finished, then they finish it, you know, at anchor or at the dock. Um, so they do their 14 days. And um, then the other thing, when um, owners or charter clients are allowed to come again, at least very, you know, in, in the very initial phase of opening the borders again, we have made the suggestion of allowing them to jump from uh, the plane, go immediately in a taxi or a limo, whatever, 
that would drive that which would drive them to uh, the yacht waiting for them uh, in Tahiti, and then they would do their quarantine period on the boat. So basically, isolate without them. going ashore. Have, have an, uh, yes, so we so they would do self isolation on their boat, and there's okay. 118 islands on a territory as wide as Western Europe. So a lot of a lot of the islands are not um, inhabited. So it's easy to do your 14 days cruising to different areas with maybe a specific itinerary. The boat can be followed uh, through the uh, it's it's um, AIS, for example. So you know the authorities can check where the boat is, and so there are um, solutions to that. That's and it's actually clever. I think it would like yeah. So it's it would actually be easier mm. for to open uh, the you know to open our borders to these people to our clients as opposed to regular tourists yeah, which I, I, are like you know because they're likely to go around the islands and then they're going to go to a hotel and mix with a lot of other people so hmm. obviously there will need to be some sort of of testing when they leave and when they arrive of course mm -hmm. but this is the suggestion that we've made to our government yeah, so it's pending for the time being but you know, you're not going to get you're not going to get owners and guests going, oh, yeah, we'll come for two weeks um, quarantine, then we'll get on the boat and do our two-week holiday. No. And then do another, you know, they're just not going to do that. But I think that's, that's no. actually a really good suggestion and have a, a you know, hygiene-sensitive uh, tunnel from your private plane or whatever you get there to your yacht and you're isolated, you're not infecting other people if you have got a problem. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. You know that that can be it can be interesting. So mm. um, this is a solution, and most of the time they come for at least two weeks. Yeah. Uh, at this time of the year, especially July and August, a lot of them come for three weeks. So it could work, and um, and some yacht owners as well are looking at spending more time on their boats as well. Mm -hmm. So it's you know, nice to know that there are safe areas you can travel to. Yeah. I kind of think that. Particularly at the moment, at, at the start of this lockdown in certain media, there was a criticism of owners wanting to go on their super yachts. And I, I was kind of saying, you know, it just doesn't make sense. If you have and you're paying for and you, you, you have no, a super yacht. It wasn't yacht. helped by a couple, of, a, a couple of owners who almost felt they were going, I'm on my super yacht doing my quarantine. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, it wasn't, but you know, it's also... You know, you know, that's how it felt in some media. Yes, yes. but there's yeah. also a certain amount of negative media towards yeah. the super yacht industry anyway that will pick it up. But I kind of thought, God, you know, uh, uh, the many, many, now close to hundreds of people we've talked to of all levels, the one commonality among every level from crew to CEO to owner to whoever is this just lovely. Don't laugh. <laughs> She's going to laugh. Sorry. How is your husband? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. This is, this, is, well, this is supposed to be a serious conversation every time. Oh, Normally it's the up. phone ringing or the computer you know pinging. But actually it is a first that we've had a rooster, particularly yeah. when it's eight o'clock at night in New York. You know what you know the problem is there's too much serious at the at the moment. Everybody is so serious. People are scared, they're serious, they're worried, they have these conversations. 
And we need less of that. And, you know, if it takes a rooster in, in Tahiti, <laughs> uh, I've got this picture yes. of uh, a rooster wearing one of those Tahitian uh, grass skirts doing a dance. Um, <laughs> but actually, it's, it's a rescue. We rescued him. A rescue so rooster? He, no, yeah, there's such not, a thing as a rescue rooster? Who the hell? Did, I've yes. never heard of a rescue. I've heard of donkeys. Well, well, we found the pool thing on the side of the road one night. We oh. didn't know what it was because it looked really bad. We could tell it was a bird, but we were not sure whether it was a turkey or what. And um, I think it was used for... Um, a baiting. So it's, yeah. it's a bit odd looking. Um, you know, but it stays around now. You, you we know, thought he would die, but he, he didn't. You know, you remind <laughs> me of my daughter, JJ, and uh, she's just like that. She's She's got the same spirit of, uh, as you of, you know, injured puppies and, and Bambi, Bambi and, <laughs> and hedgehogs and, and birds hedgehogs and, and snakes. Birds. And, and, and then one day she arrived, <laughs> she arrived, we were staying at my sister's holiday home in, in, um, in Dublin, just outside Dublin by the beach. And, um, we were in Scaries and she arrives back and she goes, Dad, Dad, I found this poor dog and the, she's been abandoned. <laughs> and I was like, I was, and there's this Labrador who looked really healthy, looked like he'd had a meal, you know, looked happy, <laughs> tongue wagging. And she's like, and, and I just had to bring it home, Dad, because it was abandoned. And as she's saying this, this woman is running towards the house, screaming at us because my daughter had kidnapped <laughs> her dog from the beach. So I had to explain to her that not all dogs that are running to catch a ball are actually abandoned. <laughs> they sometimes have owners who love Yes, them. well, I mean, the, nobody came, um, nobody claimed this one, so... Um, I can tell. <laughs> so, so, you know, so it's still here. <laughs> There's probably somebody passing your house every day who's going, so that's where the hell thing ended up. <laughs> but actually, actually, there's a lot of um, chickens around the islands and they are wild. So there's always one also running around, you know. Very funny. We have the same in Mallorca. I've I've found it bizarre. Like I know a number of people who have, you know, chickens and they have the eggs. But as you drive around, particularly the back roads, there's loads of these scrawny chickens. I'm told by one friend, don't bother ever trying to cook them because really no amount of stewing is going to make it edible. This worries me because obviously this friend has picked up some roadkill. And thought, I'm going to make it. No, a no. She was I'm given gonna... a gift of, of one of these scrawny kind of wild okay. chickens. So and she, she said has she, a friend she who picked it. up some roadkill. No. She stewed it for 24 hours and it still didn't um, taste of anything. So, um, yeah, we'll take a little pause and we'll come back after a song. And Okay. We are here today with... <laughs> The wonderful Christelle from Tahiti. Private expeditions. Indeed. Um, and we had some interesting off-air uh, chat. And now we're back on air. So where were we? Well, I, I actually was trying to make the point <coughs> before... Um, oh, we were talking about the rooster, weren't we? <laughs> before yeah. the rooster interrupted us. <laughs> Does he have a name? Yes. What's his name? His name is Marcel. <laughs> Myself. But there's a reason why. <laughs> I mean, nothing to do with the pandemic or, you know, but there is a reason why. It's because he was a fighting rooster when we found him. Um, and uh, it reminded me of Edith Piaf's husband, Marcel Sardin, who was a boxer. Mm-hmm. So we thought Marcel would be a good name. Okay. Sounds aptly named. 
that I would I would have guessed that I would I would have guessed that whole thing. Um, um, one of the the things we were talking about in our uh, little music break is I was sort of saying I think um, you know the the recent two or three months for all of us is a universal experience on some levels, but um, to quote Kitty again, one of the things she posted up of. We're all in a storm, but we're not necessarily in the same boat. Um, and I, I kind of like that adage because I think it, it works for all levels. However, most of us, the whole world over, I believe statistically something like a third of the world's population were at home at a certain time, which has never happened. Um, whether you are an owner of a super yacht or in some way in the industry, we have all all had to lock down for the past sort of two or three months. I personally think if anything um, would be really a lovely experience after this where you you want to stay safe but you just want some more space again, being on a super yacht in somewhere like Tahiti um, or actually in my mind's imagination a lot of the Pacific or actually even just the Mediterranean but being on the water right now has got to be this lovely opportunity that would be considered by superyacht owners. Yes, I think so. I think it, it feels like um, from our end, from what we noticed, that a lot of people started noticing nature again, mm -hmm. which they may not have noticed before because they had time. Um, and even in big cities, you know, some people started watching birds or, you know, very simple things of life. Uh, the leaves coming back on the trees in France, for example, because, you know, it's getting closer to the summertime. Um, for us, nature hasn't changed because it's been, it's here all the time. We live among nature. But I really think that this is the opportunity for a lot of us, including super yacht owners, to rethink priorities, to enjoy what we have because we live on a beautiful planet. Uh, we do not make things perfect, but our planet is basically perfect, you know, if it weren't for us sometimes. And for us in the South, in the South Pacific, the cruising opportunities um, of, you know, seeing things that are still here and which may not be here forever is, I think it's really the time to think of it and say, okay, I have this amazing tool which is a boat and i am lucky to have it and i can help with conservation uh while discovering and i think this is really i hope this is going to be um the time where more yacht owners and also charter guests you know because you can charter here as well mm -hmm. um think of you know taking a cruise somewhere in a beautiful area yes there may be not a lot of shopping to do but uh, down here, in, this is a huge region, the South Pacific. There is mm. so much nature. And if you have children, mm. it's, it's incredible. Just let them discover it, especially yeah, when you can travel to places where nobody goes to. There's a certain irony just in what, what you were saying there, Griselle made me think of it. Um, there's a certain irony that before all of this pandemic thing, we were all very in our comfort zone with a climate crisis, and we, which we were being bombarded with, uh, you know, the plastics in the ocean, uh, CO2, yeah. and it was just like Greta Thunberg, climate, plastic, blah, blah. And people switch off from that very quickly. After a while, you just become saturated and you don't listen anymore. 
And ironically, my thought is, ironically, the pandemic comes along, which locks us all down, so we actually cannot pollute the planet, we can't make noise, we can't do what we normally do, and the planet actually gets a time, only like, what, eight weeks? To not have us, yeah. to not have us involved. And it's, it's a unique opportunity that we look out and go, Jesus, there's dolphins in the Bay of Palma again. Venetians looking out and going, oh, wow, I can see the bottom of the ocean. You know, we, yes. actually, we actually get an opportunity to see what happens if we do what the climate crisis people say, cut down on our pollutions and, and you know, you know, be sensible. This is how quick the planet can recover. And what, yes. what it's like when it is recovered, it's clean, but it's nice. Can I just add to that of just what an incredibly unique time it will be to discover the earth, just if you have the opportunity in the next few months. Um, you know, the difference of we see, we can see beautiful sunsets online or in pictures or in photos, but still the experience of a beautiful sunset moves us you know, emotionally and in many ways. I know it from diving, you can see amazing fish, but there's nothing that can compare with actually being up close to a beautiful fish or dolphin or whale. Or um, So we, it, it really, if you have the opportunity, I would think right now in the next couple of months, it would be quite a unique time to experience um, up close some of these natural experiences. Yes, absolutely, especially in, in uh, busy areas. Uh, for us here, well, we, we are lucky because the lockdown was very strict, but we have a nice house. Uh, we can go, we could go out a little bit and we could every day. And there's a really nice area where we could walk to without going to the road. And uh, we're not allowed on the beach, but we could still look at the ocean. Now we can swim again uh, in the ocean, which is nice. But we were prohibited. I can't understand that because we have the same rule here. Um, yeah. Okay, I get going on the beach because people are being close proximity. But what I couldn't understand is they, they at some stage went, okay, you can go to the beach and, and, and you can stay safe, but you can't get in and swim. I know. And I was like, it was the same here. You let me and go to the beach. They only lifted, yeah, they lifted the measure last week only. That's like giving your kid an ice pop and saying, there's your ice pop, but you can't take the wrapper <laughs> off. Yes, I'll look at it, but don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, don't take the sweets out of the bag. What are you doing? Just look through it. I know. Um, yeah, I just but found here, that. It's, it's, been, it's been hard, but nature was still around and it hasn't changed because we're not many people, generally speaking, even when we have visitors. Um, so, you know, this is what... I've been chatting about for a long time, and this area is probably one of the most preserved areas in the world in, in terms of nature and especially marine wildlife, because there's not many people, because mm. we don't have any industries, because there's very little pollution, uh, not much boat traffic. So, yes, absolutely, Maeve, you're right. I think now is the time to think of all these incredible things, because the climate change is still going on. It's not finished. No. Uh, it's been sort of put on hold for two months, maybe three or four, because we had some more important topic to discuss about, obviously. But it's still here. So, yes, stopping things has shown all of us, or a lot of people at least, who maybe hadn't noticed before, that it does make a difference. Yeah, eight, eight I, weeks. I, I mean, that's what we've had here is eight weeks. And <laughs> now I, can, I go out um, and the smell of the air... 
It stinks. I can smell the cars already and and the noise and yeah, well, I suppose the noise is one thing, but before the noise, there were these birds outside that, so when there was yeah. lockdown and really quiet, the birds started coming back. And yes, and I got angry towards I, some of those little birds that you see in Disney cartoons. I got really angry with yes, them. I, yeah, but you know, you know, I think there are still areas in the world where you can be and you feel like, it's a little bit like a lockdown uh, where you can do whatever you like. Mm -hmm. And um, over here around the South Pacific, we obviously have this issue with climate change. Um, we don't have major industries, polluting industries, but it's, you know, it's worldwide. You're, you're sensitive and the world is actually, the, a, yeah. yeah and sensitive. the world is a village. So that's also why, you know, when you say Tahiti is far from Europe, in the end, when you look at what's happening at the time being, nothing is really far because everything is well, is worldwide. But what I'm saying is there is a threat on the reefs worldwide, for example. You know, um, we still have extremely healthy reefs. They are among the you know, healthiest uh, reefs in the world. And by saying that, you know, when we speak about the pandemic and a lot of people realizing that nature is beautiful, that changing some habits can really make a difference, there are still areas in the world where this is still genuine. And I think for people who can travel far on their boats, I think, you know, they should really consider discovering these areas mm. before, I mean, I hope not, but before they change, because it's likely to change, you know, maybe in 30 or 40 years. So I think now is really the time, you know, the boats are bigger and bigger. Tiffix is extremely safe and it's you know, close to being COVID-free safe as well. So I think it's, the right time to start looking at exploring a little bit further and um, checking what's down here in the water, but also in terms of culture, of people, and, uh, and just cruise and enjoy. And I think we should all start enjoying life much more. And I know we're all really busy with running our businesses and because this is the system we're in. And, um, and to me, there's nothing wrong with this. This is what we have been used to. But maybe it's time to sort of... Um, sit back and think a little bit again like i think a lot of us have done because we had more time to do that think what really matters and yes and i have to say that this lockdown has been really hard obviously in terms of business but on a personal basis i have enjoyed it i've loved it um, as well I've yes really it was nice it. it was nice because we we were together as a family my husband, you know because of our company travels a lot and he was here all the time and we had a lot of time to chat and do things around the house and um, and chat with our kids and just go for walks. And it was just very enjoyable. We never have time to do that except if we have a holiday. It's amazing. We, we loved it for different reasons. Yeah, but it, uh, yes, it, it was nice. But I think now, now we're sort of ready to go back to work. Well, you know, I have to agree. I, I think there's a combination of... You know, today was the first day I went into town in Mallorca. We're now kind of a week and a half into it, but really only a couple days into shops being open and seeing people around. And it's taken a little while to kind of get used to it. On the other hand, we're very excited that yeah. we actually get to see some <clears throat> friends you know, at the end of this week. Yes, um, absolutely. But I, uh, similar to you, I, although I have to say we've been tremendously busy 
um, over the past two months, which is a good complaint to have, um, but it has been a really busy time. On the other hand, we've done lots of things like playing poker all together with our two younger kids <laughs> and playing charades and finding old movies that were favorites that, you know, we've never watched. It was kind of the goal was I what has no seen. favorite if you've never watched it. Well, it favorite of you or mine, <laughs> but what a movie that they hadn't seen. You know, they've seen, these kids have seen so many different movies because they're so much more accessible. So it was the kind of challenge of trying to find something mm. we've seen. And more than anything was actually reconnecting with friends, either in the industry, just to, you know, we yes. this, uh, did this incentive of Yachting's Got Talent, and it made me yeah, kind yeah, of that was nice. ring out to <laughs> loads of people. We're still getting entries in, but it was <laughs> connecting with people. And I think that is one of the big things that we have learned more than anything you know what else. You I found of, the first couple of weeks just in connecting with people. I got the feeling that everybody initially thought when we went into lockdown and people started going, there's a pandemic, there's a pandemic. I think initially people started thinking, I'm going to die. And what they started doing was going through the phone book going, who haven't I spoken to in years? <laughs> and I seriously, I was suddenly hearing from people that I might have shared a urinal cubicle in some bar in Dublin or something, and we swapped a number. It's like, hi, this is Tom, do you remember me? And there was all these people reaching out from years and years yeah. ago. That, and, and I was doing the same. I was doing the same. I was looking through my phone. Yeah. And, like, and yet, I spoke to them for and yet it was really we, we lovely did the same. To, to have those reconnections, to go, yes. you know what? We know we have so many friends in the world. We don't get to speak to most of them yes. from one year to the other. But actually, collectively, all of a sudden, when you think about the people you care about, there's a lot of people in the world. Do you know what I think is very telling? Is the people in your phone book that you didn't call, who are they? <laughs> do not mention them on air but, by name <laughs> no but you you are right because it's been the same for us we we've we kept on working obviously when i said there was the business was not going on because mm. we couldn't work as normal but it's been a good time to start for working family. on different projects yeah uh and personal projects but also you know work projects that are also you know put on the side because there's no time and think, okay, what could we do? And also work on uh, next year. And to evaluate what you're doing. Uh, evaluate what you're doing and how you're doing it. Yes. Um, how, what, what could we, we you know, how could we do things? Yes. Who should we reconnect with? And, uh, you know, so it's been really nice. But there is one thing I didn't like. And I have to say. And I can't wait until. <laughs> you're still on air. Still until on next air. Monday. <laughs> it's homeschooling. Yes, I know. <laughs> Home, homeschooling. This yes. is the worst thing, and I can't wait until Monday because they're going back to school on Monday. Oh, uh, <laughs> tough. You are a step ahead. I, I have to say, I, I, I like it if it was just the only thing I had to do. It was absolutely. putting that on top of absolutely everything yes. else, which was actually a busier timescale than I normally had, okay. plus walking dogs at certain hours and doing shopping at I'm gonna pull the uh, I'm gonna pull the guy card here I'm okay? with you <laughs> I'm gonna pull the guy card here because for so many years and there's lots of guys out there who can hear me 
I have been brought up with women. I have lived, I've had a mother, she was female. I've had a sister, she was five. also female. I've got <laughs> five sisters, all of which are female. And sometimes I've dated. And throughout my entire life, I have been told, you know, on those two things. One is man flu. And the other <laughs> is that women can multitask. And you know what? The older I get, the less I'm convinced that you ladies can actually do <laughs> I think what you're good at is branding and marketing. I think what you're good at is selling the concept that I can multitask. Look at me. I can hold a baby. I can breastfeed. Well, and I can watch this. This was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But, this was quite special because yeah. I don't think we were trained <laughs> to be teachers and prepared. And that thing is taking a lot of time. I call that multitasking. <laughs> oh my god and and i i rediscovered things that i had completely forgotten do they do like, oh yeah oh. <laughs> were they doing zoom classes <laughs> like you like your own life <laughs> out of <laughs> yes. no out no, of interest so it was, in it was, tahiti do they because here it's no, printing no. stuff out and didn't get enough printer ink and zoom classes where it turns out it would have been really handy to have that ipad that broke working during lockdown <laughs> Some daughter forgot the password. Well, they, they didn't do it that much. They did it for our daughter who's in high school. So she had some Zoom meetings. Uh, but for our younger, uh, for, for our son who's 13, they didn't do that. So we would just receive things um, online. And we had to work. And there was sometimes the explanations were a little bit concise. So you're, you're looking at it and like, okay, now how, how am I going to explain this? And it's not easy. And for, for me, when I work, even though it was like part-time work, um, it's easier for me in the morning because, you know, you're in, you're, you're, I'm working with people in Europe like you or in the U.S. And, uh, and it's also easier to have the kids work in the morning. So it was like everything had to be planned more or less at the same time. It was yeah. funny, Christelle. It, it was exhausting. Do you know what I think is funny is that we, we've grown up in a period where if you meet somebody at one of those, those dinner parties or those yacht shows or whatever, and they come out with like, oh, yes, I went to Oxford, you know, and uh, oh, really? I was in Cambridge. We may have rode again. Oh, really, mate? I was in Harvard. I went to, I did Harvard Law. And that's kind of, and you sit back and you think to yourself, wow, they went to Oxford and Cambridge and Harvard. When, when our kids hit a generation, you have kids meeting and go like, yeah, I got Zoom educated. Really? You were Zoom educated? <laughs> My parents went Skype. Oh, no, not Skype. That sucked. Yeah, I know. We, but we didn't have the money for a Zoom premium uh, account, which we needed for that particular educational path. I mean, what, what's the future going to be like? We're going to be like, wow, you were Zoom. I was... Uh, you know what? I... I my one little tip was actually my, from my, just my kids are a teacher <laughs> and um, our kids go to a slightly more liberal school and they're still younger the 12 and the 8 year old but she just did this disc and this disc was that you hit the main things in life you do some brain stuff so they do reading and writing and maths a combination of those once in a day but they have exercise and music and food and fun and family and people and as long as we kind of covered those main topics at the same time then they go to bed uh, you know if we if we even got five yes. out of the eight i'm like okay today was a good day 
you know, you yes. read a couple but pages, when, yeah. we did a bit of this, we got some family time. Yeah. And you know what? At the end of it all, we're still sane and we're having a nice dinner. So woohoo. You're so different good. to a guy. Yes. All a guy thinks to himself is they're still alive. They haven't wet their beds and they're in the correct <laughs> beds. Mum will be proud. <laughs> I've managed to keep my children alive for a whole day. She'll love me. But women, <laughs> women think differently. Did she do her teeth? I never think of doing her teeth. Did she? Um... No, but it's, um, it's, it's been nice. It's been uh, challenging a little bit indeed. But the, the overall feeling is that it was nice. And, um, and well and... done for coming out of it as a family. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because, yeah, because my husband is away about seven months a year usually. So not everybody I comes out of this nice. uh, still as a couple has been, you know, what, there's two things uh, <laughs> I was listening to a, a guy talking. He said, there's two things, two businesses that are going to rocket. One business is the divorce lawyers. They're going to have a premium time after, after lockdown. And the other business that's going to do really well, that's the gynecologists and the midwives. They're going to have a bumper year as well. <laughs> Probably, probably, indeed. But um, um, yes, I think, are we getting, it's nearly eight o'clock. Yeah, we're is. just about to hit the oh, top nine, of the nine, news. Sorry. Uh, just before we go, for people that are kind of listening and, and thinking, if they want some more information, Christelle, uh, where would you direct them? Uh, if they want more information, they can contact me. And uh, depending on what they're looking for, I could uh, forward them to the relevant authorities. But uh, because we are part of our company's part of this uh, super yacht cluster over here, I have information as they arrive. So, uh, you know, we are working a lot on this at the time being. And as soon as things are going to open again, I will, of course, let you know. From Palma de Mallorca to the global um, super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio. Directly to be able to contact you to Tahiti Private Expeditions that yes. you can find online. Yes, people can message us and, uh, and or send us an email and I'll send them updates. Lovely. Okay. They, sh they, sh they really shouldn't hesitate. 